Before we get too far into this, I want to thank the folks at Racetech. Pulp 22 is the code to save with Racetech. Get your bike working well, all right? Make it work uh, uh, as good as it can, and you'll enjoy riding more. So get your suspension done. Get the oil changed. Get the motor work done. A lot of privateers have chosen Racetech over the years. Because it's privateer proven, man. They've been there. They got the gold valve kit. Simply drop it in. Your bike will work a lot better. And uh, there's a Racetech service center all across America. Go to Racetech.com to learn more or go to uh, your local service center to find out where to go. And, uh, man, they'll really help your bike and work it well. And the best part is tell them you listen to Pulp MX and you can save. Also, a quick shout-out to All Balls Racing. Thank you to those guys for coming on board, whether it's the Vertex, Hot Camps, Pivot Works. The All Balls Racing Group has got you covered. Go to their website. Check it out. Give them a call. Uh, one, of their tech, one of their techs are standing by to talk to you as well. Allballsracing.com. They, uh, they've got a lot of cool products under their, all, under their umbrella, including their carburetor rebuild kits, which, I mean, you know, maybe you're getting your bike going. Maybe you got a carburetor. Maybe you need to get that thing working. Well, the All Balls uh, Carburetor Rebuild Kit will be the way to go. They're all in, so you can go all out. Give them a call, 555-402-8000, allballsracing.com. All right, on to the podcast. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This one with Josh Summy. Yeah, real solid pro career. Really good dude as well. I got to know him pretty well over the years at Moto Triple X and the JGR team. And I thought I'd catch up to him and see what he's doing. So thank you to Josh for doing this. Thank you to you people for listening to this. Uh, Fly Racing, of course, their 2022 and a half kinetic mesh gear is out. This is absolutely my favorite line of gear that Fly makes. Super lightweight, super vented, super comfy. It's uh, real flexible in all the right spots, so it fits really well. Five colors, I think they got out. RJ Hampshire, Shane McElrath, uh, Jalik Swole, Styles Robertson, Joey Savacci, and more. We're in Fly Racing out there, so please check them out, flyracing.com, or go to motorsport.com to learn more about that. The Formula Helmet is amazing, really lightweight. Really safe, really quiet. Uh, yeah, works great, man. They got different shells for different price points as well. So thank you to folks at Fly Racing. Also, uh, Renthal. More championships than all the other brands combined. Look at Renthal. Some of you used Renthal because JGRs use Renthal forever. So he was on Renthal right away. Uh, chains, sprockets, bars, grips, Renthal.com. They got a really cool informative website where you can check dealer stock as well as check out the different bar bends that you want. Uh, you know the name. You know the game. They've been involved with Honda and Kawasaki and KTM over here. So you know the product. It's made in the UK. It lasts a long time. Fat Bar, Fat Bar 36, Twin Wall Bar. And they still make the old 7 8 uh, trusty bar as well. So please check out Renthal.com for more information on that. Also, thank you to Maxxis Tires, MXSTs developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by Cade in Supercross, A-Ray in Supercross as well. They make, they make great mountain bike tires. I love the Minion tires that they make. And uh, so please check out Maxxis.com for more information. If you haven't thought of Maxxis in a long time for your tire needs, well, think again, man. They support this podcast. They support a bunch of things on Swap Moto as well. Maxxis.com is, is in the sport. And uh, so, yeah, support them. Why don't you? Definitely make a tire for something that you own. And motorsport.com and Cobo Links, we'll get into more later. But uh, for now, it's myself. It's Josh Summy. Enjoy the conversation. All right, now on the phone with me, like I said, a good friend of mine when he raced and a really funny guy, a really nice guy. And uh, he had a nice, successful career on the track. Uh, former MDK KTM rider, Moto Triple X rider, Samsung Yamaha rider, JGR Yamaha rider. Josh Summy, what's up, Josh? How are you, man? 
I'm doing good, Steve. Doing good, man. Thanks to uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for connecting with me. I, I've been trying to do this for a while, uh, and so I, pre- I appreciate your patience, man. Absolutely. I know how life goes there with a bunch of stuff going on, and I know you're a busy man, and I'm uh, maybe Maybe not quite as busy, but I definitely got my hands full on a daily basis there. Yeah, what uh, what are you doing now? What's happening with Josh Summy? Work for a uh, grading and a construction company just uh, north of Charlotte here uh, in a in a town called Huntersville, up around uh, Lake yeah. Norman area. Yeah. And, and how's that? What what what? How's that? Like nice, sir? You like enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, I actually uh, run heavy equipment on a on a daily basis and uh, also a field supervisor and uh, kind of like overseas uh, stuff like end of it for uh, the guy I work for. He's got about, uh, I'd say probably about 60 to 65 uh, dump trucks, dump trailers, uh, low boys, you yep. know, just uh, anything to kind of do with grading and, and hauling any type of uh, material. Uh, nice. And obviously Huntersville, I was just out that way in December, went to club MX for a little bit and uh, Wygant lives out there. Brayton lived out there. It's still a lot of motocross people around there. Shaheen lives there. You know what I mean? Uh, Osby and those guys, big motocross area. Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of funny how the area, you know, when I was, uh, you know, doing all my riding and training in the area, you know, there wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of people. And if there were some guys, you know, that, that raced and, and rode, you know, about everybody at, uh, you know, in kind of the thick of my career and whatnot, uh, you know, I was kind of doing most of the stuff on my own. You know, a lot of the guys kind of had uprooted and gone down to Florida or either, uh, you know, kind of based out of California. So I was doing most of my training and, um, you know, riding and stuff on my own, especially uh, during the Triple X days and, and yeah. whatnot. Were you always from that area? Like, was that where you mainly were from? Absolutely. Yeah. I was born in Charlotte. Oh, okay. And then, uh, pretty early on. We moved to the uh, property I currently live on, which is about, I'd say, 20 minutes south of Charlotte. So I'm sure I've asked you this before, but your dad raced nationals. He was a very good rider. Was he buddies with Bradshaw and that stuff back in the day? Because, I mean, when Damon raced, he was like the only other guy from North Carolina than your dad. Uh, Was there a bit of a history there? Yeah, you know, obviously my dad was before Damon's time, of course. But uh, and even when he was in town, he would, uh, you know, kind of throw his bikes and stuff in uh in our box fan there a couple times and we'd shoot to a couple of the local tracks you know in practice so uh yeah they did and uh you know they kind of uh did some off the bike stuff together you know just as far as you know not like my dad was working with him or nothing but just whether it be uh swimming or you know cycling and stuff like that because that's kind of what my dad yeah my my dad and damon like i was uh saying there they they did a lot of off the bike stuff you know just just gather um together rather uh you know like if it was cycling or swimming stuff like that yeah. you know type of thing so they did have a uh, a pretty close uh relationship and whatnot my dad actually went to several nationals with him and stuff like that just to kind of hang out and you know kind of get the full effect there did he really huh he actually was went to nationals with damon that's cool yeah, yeah he went to a few. I know. Yeah. I remember him uh, talking about going around the uh, around Southwick and stuff in the rental car after the national was over with, <laughs> with Bradshaw there and stuff. Uh, Just a uh, couple stories like that. But yeah, he did. Yeah, nice, nice. Good to hear. So, uh, are you in, are you in a bike gang or something, Summy? Should I, you seem like I should be scared of you, judging by your social? <laughs> well, first of all, it's not a gang. It's a motorcycle club. Okay. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> Uh, right here, uh, it's actually a group of guys. They've been together since uh, the late '60s. But yeah, I'm a part of that uh, motorcycle club. It's called the Southern Gentlemen okay. Motorcycle Club. Nice. I, I didn't know anybody was in one of those clubs. So <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 if, if hey, look, if you enjoy it, it's nice. I got nothing, nothing bad to say, you know. So it's just I was like, look at Summy, in a, in, a, in, a, in a club. Um, hey, do you do you ride much at all? Do you ride dirt bikes? Do you are you into it? Uh, actually, the last time I was thinking about that, the last time I actually rode a full-size, like, 450 mm-hmm. is when JGR was kind of doing their intro into the uh, Suzuki thing. So, shoot, that was probably, what, tail end of 2017, yes. early 2018, yep. I guess. So, yeah, about four or five years since I rode, uh, you know, a full-size bike. But uh, me and my 
brother-in-law and my dad, we all got a bunch of uh, XR100s and beat around the property here with my uh, nephews kind of getting getting into the thick of things here. Nice. Does, do, do your coworkers <laughs> or your buddies in the club, do they kind of know the stuff you've done on a motorcycle and how good you were? Like, do, I mean, you're not the type of guy to, you know, show your trophies off or anything, but do you uh, do they know what you did? Uh, a little bit, but like you said. I mean, I'm not one to sit out there and advertise. I mean, if somebody asks me about it, you know, I'll yep. kind of kind of touch on it, but not really. Actually, the guy that I uh, that I work for, his son, he uh, he's pretty involved as far as keeping up with the races and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he was obviously very aware, of, you know, my past and and whatnot before I started with him and kind of yeah. what had taken place, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to hear. And, and you still follow the races now. You still watch them. You listen to podcasts and stuff. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Um. So, I guess what's like, I'll start at the start at the end. Um. Uh, we had Travis. We have Travis Preston in here quite a bit uh, for Pulp MX Show, and he brings mm-hmm. up the MDK KTM year. <laughs> and, oh yeah, <laughs> you were on that team with him, and and uh, uh, he had some funny stories. I mean, the, the bikes weren't good. The team was a mess. You quit the team, I think, in the middle of the nationals. He ended up suing him. They didn't pay him all his money. Uh, kind of a crappy way to go out, Summy, for you, right? Yeah, it was unfortunate, and and I'll just touch on this. You know, it was uh, unfortunate. You know kind of as the jgr thing uh you know i did my one year there yep and then you know the the whole uh you know the world was in kind of a recession so things weren't easy to you know kind of really pop around and jump right back into something so uh yeah i went to the mdk thing there and uh yeah it was just uh i don't know it was kind of a you know just a mess from the beginning yep. you know we had lamson in there at first team manager and then he kind of got out of there and then you know, it was just a, a free for all. Like Travis was staying. I actually listened to that episode. Oh, you, you did, know, yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, you know, he had a, an issue. You know, in, in the whoops, like he said, and he went down pretty hard at the test track. Yeah. And then we had actually gone over into Arizona because we were getting a bunch of rain. Like me and Braden and Sipes and uh, Will Hahn, we had uh-huh. gone to a track in Arizona, and uh, I had a similar issue that Travis had on the face of a triple and had to step through the bars on oh. it and stuff. So it was yep. just. Uh, Man, it was. I'll be honest with you. That thing, uh, <laughs> it was like riding a buck and bull in uh, yeah. in Supercross for sure. Man, that thing was a handful, especially after coming off of uh, you know the Yamaha with Gibbs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I bet right. And the yeah, chain was coming off, and and just a disaster. And it sucks. Like, yeah, because you know every racer wants to go out his own way and do you know. I mean, not everybody can go out a champion, but you hate to quit the sport in the middle of the season. I remember being like. Somebody's gone. Like that's it. He's done. Like what? <laughs> it's like yeah, he's 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 done, dude. And I, it just felt like a crappy ending to a nice little career, you know. It did. It did. It was unfortunate. I had uh, in Atlanta that year. I had uh, broke my my hand in the main event, so that was pretty much it for Supercross. We geared up for outdoors. I did uh-huh. Glen Helen. Uh, I was trying to think how the schedule went. I think it went Glen Helen, maybe Hangtown, and then yep. went to uh, Freestone. And then after Freestone. Uh, I actually had a similar thing, uh, like precedent and we're saying, you know, the checks stopped coming yeah. and, uh, you know, just a, just a kind of a chain reaction of stuff there. So that was my last race with them guys was, uh, was the freestone, which yeah. I believe was the third round that year. So we just kind of, uh, you know, parted ways. Like I said, the check stopped coming. So I, uh, exactly. I still had one of their bikes and man, I was just doing some local stuff. I hit some, uh, you know, some money races up and, yeah. you know, stuff around here like that. And did, did you give him the bike back or did you say, I'm not giving the bike back till I get paid? Nah, they, uh, I ended up, ended up getting rid of that there. And, uh, nice. you know, it's kind of, they never, never called looking for it. Yep, you know, like yep. I said, I was, uh, kind of got the short end of the stick on that. So yeah, maybe we were square. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I saw you do off road races at some point you were doing some GNCCs, right? I did actually a lot of GNCCs yep. kind of here and there. I did, uh, First year I rode for Triple X. I actually did uh, a couple of the local ones on a uh, Honda 250X, yeah, and nice. then uh, then I did a couple before I even uh, started racing uh, like the Supercross stuff on a YZ250. And then uh, yeah, I did a couple. Uh, I went around. Of course, you know Shane with Fuel Clothing. Yeah, um, me and him actually went up and did the one up at uh, what's the the. Snowshoe. Snowshoe, yeah. Went up and yep. did that one and stuff, yeah. But I, I bounced around and did a couple. Actually, that year on that YZ250, 
uh, me and my dad went around in the van there, and we we hit pretty much all of them, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which is I'm not really sure. Like you hear Zach and them talk about, you know, and and you've touched on, you know, you just punish your body for three hours there. And, you know, I remember I'd got the top ten overall at Reddas and went up there, you know, thinking I got a little bit of purse money. And I remember uh, they had told me to only pay back the X amount of plays there. So, basically, you just beat yourself to death and spend the money. And, and, uh, you know, there's not much of a reward out of there. (laughs) No, it was always neat that you were into that stuff, uh, just like Osborne and stuff. But, dude, those guys are gnarly, and that is an incredibly hard series to master when you're just jumping into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it seems like it's even totally different now. You know, I mean, those guys are yeah. seem like they're pretty much wide open for three hours. Yeah, totally right. Absolutely. Uh, it's cool. So uh, any thoughts on the outdoors so far or Supercross this year? Tomac getting it done, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what's, your th- what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I just um, – it was nice to see, you know, some of the guys stay healthy, you know, especially Mookie to put in a put in a solid season there as far as the Supercross goes. and. Uh, yeah, man, that was that was impressive there, Tomac. Which, like uh, like a lot of people, I didn't realize he had actually hurt himself in Atlanta there. But yeah. just a couple of those races, man, it just it was unbelievable the way you know he was working with that bike and stuff. It seems like you know almost reminded you of Ricky back in the day. I mean, he was jumping off the triples and just landing dead in the braking bumps. It's like it didn't matter where he went. You know, it was just like he was seemed like he was untouchable there for a few races and was able to build up that gap and just kind of cruise it in there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, Dungey's back. I mean, why not Josh Summy? I mean, why not? <laughs> Dungey's back. <laughs> That's crazy, man. And, and you know, to, to hear, uh, like, on your on your Moto60 show yesterday with uh, Blair there, the way he was talking, man, you know, Dungey keep, keeps, you know, like you said, uh, you know, at one point he was in third in both motos this past weekend, which is yeah. which is unbelievable. And yeah. uh, you know, it didn't seem like his pace was there. You know, I think right. at the at the time of the checkers, he's about a minute and twenty down. But I think as the series comes back east, and you know, who who knows what them top guys are going to do? Like you said, if Roxon is going to be able to do the full series, you never know if Sexton is going to have a big crash and end up getting a outside the top 20 or something and i feel like everybody knows you know dungey's going to be there for the yeah for the whole series yeah pretty impressive uh absolutely it is. hey it when is. you when you raced uh you're, you're diabetic and when you raced uh this was something you had to watch uh, a lot and dude like I, I you know when you think about an outdoor national at 100 degrees and all the things that you had to balance with your body and make sure that you were eating and drinking the right things and checking your 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 your, your levels and everything how much did that affect you, do you think, in your racing career? Because I always thought it was a pretty pretty gnarly thing you had to do. Yeah, it. I wouldn't say it affected me tremendously just because, I mean, it was something, you know, I didn't really have a choice, you know. I mean, yep, it is something yeah. I obviously and still currently have to do. But uh, the tail end of 2004 in October is when I found out I had diabetes, you know. Uh, I started feeling really, really bad. That was the first year I rode for that Samsung team. Mm-hmm. And, uh <clears throat> The, uh, like, Steel City that year, man, I just, I mean, it was like I was almost falling asleep, you know, after I, you know, get back to the truck or just, just the energy level was terrible. And when it really hit home is when they were still doing the U.S. Open yep. that uh, that same year, you know, and I just went there and just, just uh, you know, had a lot of the the early uh, onsets of having that. And uh, once finally went in there and uh, figured out what was going on, it was a, uh, it was extremely tough like you said, especially outdoors more yeah. so because, you know, Supercross, you know, you may be on the track for five or ten minutes, come back, it's nice and cool, you can check your sugar, kind of see where things are at, say, okay, I need to approach this like this, not a not a huge deal. But, you know, you're out there, you know, 30 plus two in outdoor and you start, you know, feeling something out of the ordinary. Yep. You know, it's, uh, it's for sure. It was a lot to juggle. And, uh, you know, moving from uh, I was injecting myself with a needle, and then now I've moved on to something that's more like permanent for three or four days. You leave in your stomach, then you change it out type thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was always a, a, a pain in the butt, too, you know, outdoors. You know, you sweat and then all that stuff. So the stuff's just getting torn out of your stomach. So where the other guys are back at the truck, you know, trying to rehydrate and whatever. I'm back at the truck trying to get everything dried off and, you know, pop another needle in my side. And it's just a, you yeah. know, yeah. real pain in the ass, man. But uh, I kind of... You know, I kind of figured out a system, you know, after after a little bit that kind of worked. And, and luckily, I was able to uh, to make it work. I don't ever remember anything, you know, really. I, I don't think it, you know, hurt me that much. I mean, it, it okay. possibly could a little bit. But the, the main thing I remember is I just had had a uh, 
the only thing, the only time I really remember anything even happening with my diabetes while racing was uh, in Minneapolis one year. I had uh, uh, had a, had something messed up with my insulin pump. My sugar shot real high, uh-huh. and I'd gone to the asterisk thing before the heat race, and they had actually just given me a shot to try to help bring my sugar down. So I remember, you know, doing the heat race, and then, you know, then it kind of went the opposite way on me, bottomed out. So then I'm feeling all dizzy and just, oh, you know, lethargic yeah. and all, yeah. all kind of stuff. But uh, knock on wood, man. Other than other than that, right there, that instant, uh, you know, things I kind of, you know, for me having it, you know, right away and being yep. thrown in the mix of racing and having to deal with that. Yep. You know, things went about as good as they could, really. Okay, yeah, good to hear, for sure. Uh, obviously, with your dad being, you know, really good at racing and, and, and you know, having a national number and all that kind of stuff, it was natural for you to get into moto, and he started you. At what point were you like, yeah, I want to do this for a living. Like, I think I can do this. Uh, I you know, I don't believe you were a pretty good amateur, for sure. I'd, I'd heard about you, Team Green Days. I think we crossed paths at a East Coast four-stroke national when I was working for Kelly Smith. Somewhere along the yeah, line. Then I would have still. Then I would have still been on. I was still on Kawasaki's yep. time. You yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. Sweet box the, van. The yeah, it's really right, sweet. Right. Really sweet box van. Yeah. That was actually Jeff Chambers' old box van. The uh, the Team Green uh, okay. van that he worked out of the support stuff there. Yep. If anybody remembers him, you know, around the uh, yeah. you know Atlanta area. But anyways, um, yeah, that was. Uh, I remember you guys being, you know, at Butts Creek and coming to several of those races and doing those. And then the following year, we uh, had switched over to Yamaha stuff. Yep. But, you know, I, I would say around that time for sure, you know, I was already, you know, obviously at those races in the pro class and, yep, yep. you know, racing with, you know, several uh, guys in this area that were, um, you know, already doing supercrosses and nationals and, you know, all that stuff. So I, I would say around then, you know, uh, early 2000s, you know, uh, the tail end of 2000, mm-hmm. first of 2001, you know, things really started ramping up and, and heading in that direction. How was your dad as a as a moto dad? How was he? Was he, I mean, you know, uh, how's he doing, by the way? Is, is it still around? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's doing great. He yeah. lives on the property over here with us, and he's, uh, he's retired now. And, and uh, he, he was always awesome. Yeah, he was always an yeah. awesome guy. Uh, how was he as a moto dad? Like, was he hard on you was he pretty pretty good because i mean again he had some success you know he knew how to ride a dirt bike for sure how was he growing up uh he was he was hard on me like in a in a constructive way because i think he just knew how much you know we did put into it everybody knows i mean you know all the interviews you've done i mean basically everybody tells you the same thing i mean obviously we didn't you know sell the house and and move down to one of these training facilities because they're really working on at the time but you know just i mean you can imagine you know driving all the way up to places like binghamton and redbud and you know just all over the place so you know you put forth that time and effort and then you know obviously he wants to you know see me you know have the success when it comes time for it to really count so i mean i don't i mean he wasn't out there you know cussing and throwing things and, yep, and, and yep. going crazy like i've definitely seen and i know you've seen too you know type things so i i think everything on his side was just more so you know just wanted to see me do good of course yeah. and you know kind of just more uh critiquing it you know from kind of his standpoint what he saw how'd you get the samsung yamaha ride that was with the uh michael holligan lucky nichols thing it was a reality a speed tv show based out of texas how'd you uh, line up with that uh I think uh that guy Lucky Nichols and, and Michael Holligan, uh I guess they they didn't reach out to me but they had reached out, you know, got in contact with my dad and mm-hmm. things that kinda of just developed. Uh, we had uh we had finished up the nationals and we jumped right into the uh four stroke nationals that same year. Mm-hmm. Uh so that would have been the you know, tail end of two thousand three and I was riding a four fifty Yamaha at those and we were uh we were having pretty good success at, at those um, well, because that was yeah. because Kelly Smith and Mathis were gone at that point. Y'all were gone, so that would have been uh, like Spud Walters and Polly Carpner, yep. Gibson. Yep. You know, you had uh, we raced that track, uh, Lincoln Trail. Oh, uh, yeah. Way showed up. You know, there was a couple people pop in. You know, at Muddy Creek, Matt Walker was riding for Yamaha Troy at the time, and you had a uh, you know Brown. Same thing. You know, he was at that one, but uh, you know, just kind of towards the. You know, tail end of those, I guess maybe they saw we were doing those. I was already on the Yamahas. And uh, the tail end of the Nationals had, you know, gone pretty decent, mm-hmm. you know, that year. Uh, you know, the last few races we had done. So, uh, you know, I think it just kind of jump-started us into that. And, uh, 
yeah, we were able to make something work. We loaded up the van and a uh, couple couple couches and <laughs> you know pieces of furniture and, and and drove on out to the uh, Dallas area. And how was that? How did you like the cameras being around and the team being there and all of that? Uh, it was uh, that, that was interesting too. You know, I don't know if they were. Uh, if they were quite ready for all that, you know, they were obviously just jumping in, you know, Michael Holligan doing a lot with, uh, I think he had the uh, type of reality, like home building show or something, yeah. I believe. And yep. then, you know, you had that lucky Nichols and his son had like a local motor and right. suspension business right there around that Dallas Metro area. So, uh, you know, I think it was kind of a learning process for everybody. Of course, I had never been on a team and, and nothing like that before. Always just doing it out of the out of the uh, out of our extended van. So right. it was nice to be able to, you know, obviously be able to travel to the races and and a lot of the financial pressure be off. You know, for uh, for me and my dad, you know, type yeah. thing. So that was that was a plus. But uh, you know, I, I think it was it was obviously like a learning learning deal for them, and so was I. But it, I mean, it went pretty well. You know, the the nationals. Uh, didn't really go too good, but you know, Supercross results were decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I raced West Coast both years for them, you know, on the Yamaha and Honda. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it went pretty good. It was fun, you know. The the first, uh, I don't think they did it the second year, but the first year they did a thing like it's almost like a you know, see, I think we had six six or seven guys. So after the Supercross was over, towards the tail end of the Supercross series, you know, they basically told us, you know, they were only taking. <laughs> three riders to the outdoors so you know yeah, kind of yeah. so it was like a, it was like a battle uh, battle to the death <laughs> exactly but it was it was fun you know there was a, we had a lot of neat uh neat guys you know neat teammates and stuff especially that first year and and even the second year so uh at, at the end of the day i would say it was a lot of fun you know what i mean i i mean i don't think it was a stellar operation you know like like some of the top teams but like yeah. i said everybody was just getting in the getting their feet wet and kind of getting the hang of things there did you did you like living in Texas or I know it was a lot of weather stuff right uh, a little bit? Yeah, it, it was all right. It was kind of weather stuff, but I mean, like right now it's pouring down rain here. So yeah. I mean, I'm I'm used to you know cold, crappy you know type of weather. But we would uh we'd always travel a little bit south and go down to uh, Clayton Miller's down there at Freestone. He had oh, yeah. a really really nice super cross track. So we did a lot of riding down there. But uh, yeah, it was definitely hit and miss. Were you sure. uh, and we? Were you were you uh, around when Troy Adams was on the team and got fired for talking shit about the team and the bike while the while the mic was on? <laughs> were you there? Uh, I don't. I was trying to. Remember, I don't know if I was out there that day, but yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, <laughs> definitely around and and whatnot. He was. Uh, he was very vocal. Obviously, you yeah. know, coming from you know, he had a couple good rides and stuff before uh, joining up with those guys. So he kind of had seen both sides of it. And then a, another person to kind of be very you know, uh, vocal on what he was thinking as far as the bikes and the whole operation went the year before was uh, Steve Mertens. He oh, was yeah. on the team, and he was very, <laughs> very vocal. And just uh, is is funny. NorCal zone, uh, Steve exactly. Mertens. Uh, yeah, um, funny funny times for sure. I, did um, When it was, like you said, your outdoor results weren't great, was it – and then Alan Brown picked you up uh, for Moto Triple X, but – did they let you go? Did you leave? Did Alan come at you with a better offer, or how'd that go? Yeah, they just basically they just they were they were moving in a different direction, let me go or whatever. Yep. So you know, uh, yeah, I just jumped over over to Alan there. He had uh, showed some interest, and and uh, yeah, you know, we had kind of talked to some of the nationals and stuff. But yeah, that team was. Uh, I believe that that next year they picked up uh, Villam and oh, a couple that's right. guys. Yep. You know, and I think even. Even being their third year in there, I mean, I think they kind of jumped in, and obviously Villman, from all the past stuff, you know, he kind of got a taste right away of what was going on and type thing. So, you know, hindsight, you know, is probably, you know, probably better. Like I said, that it's yeah. years. You know, we had some pretty decent results in Supercross, and and yeah, just kind of went our went our separate ways there. Uh, yeah, that well, that didn't work out so well either. About halfway through Supercross, they parted ways. So, uh, exactly. but it made for some good exactly. TV moments, anyways. <laughs> you know, it did, it did. And 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 you had asked me initially with that question, you know, about the the TV and the cameras and stuff. Yeah, it, it was so so. You know, I mean, obviously trying to to test and ride. You know, every time you come off the track, the microphone right there in you yeah. in your face, or they're wanting to mic you up underneath your jersey, or yeah, yeah. You know, it's just 
it's so scripted too, you know, I mean, it's not like, I mean, all that stuff was on the fly. It's almost like, hey, here's what we want you to talk about. Say this and say that and do yeah. this. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't like a lot of just the on the fly stuff. Well, that's what I was going to say. When you watched back the TV show, like how much were you like, come on, you know, like, exactly. come on. Is that quite what you were like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. quite yeah. a bit. Because a lot of the stuff, you know, you just BSing at the track and yep. whatnot, you know, a lot of that stuff that was being filmed and recorded, you know, wasn't even relevant when it came time to put it on air. Yeah, really, right? Now, Triple X, obviously, uh, yeah, Alan, my buddy Alan Brown, he ran a really good team for a number of years. This is where you, to me, this is where you started to really come into your own, especially moving up to 450s uh, full-time. You did the 250 Supercross with him one time and then 450s. Really uh, a good team. Alan, you know, stretched the dollar as far as he could go, um, and but made it work. Uh, some some good results for you. Yeah, he did. And, and I, you know, I heard a couple of the guys talking about, you know, him being real scarce with, you know, as yeah. far as sending them stuff. Like Phil. Them but I'll Phil, be honest with you. Phil still has I'll nightmares. Be, <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and I actually talked to Phil that day when he first rode for the team. I believe it was that a chiropractor guy or something he knew, and it was in fab, and they were actually had switched over to Yamahas. You know, the yep. most of the years that I rode with Alan, we were Honda. So mm-hmm. I think between Alan and uh, Lewis, you know, there was a very good relationship with Honda and Bill Savino and those guys. So, man, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I pretty much stayed that first year that I rode for Alan. I, I stayed back here, you know, uh, you know, in North Carolina. And, man, he was he was very generous about, you know, sending me, you know, uh, just a ton of parts and stuff like that and, and whatnot. But like I said, that was when we were on Honda, and I think, you know, they had obviously uh, – had been on Honda for several years, so he had a you know just a stockpile of stuff for those, uh, especially the 450s. Yeah, yeah, no, and 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 they were really good bike production, and Alan did a good job of making them run right. You know, and they were awesome. Like I said, I rode the, uh, I, I was I was heavier for the uh, the 250F, mm-hmm. but we did East Coast that year, and uh, you know we we had some pretty decent results, and then uh, like you said, uh, you know come outdoors, we we jumped right into it on the 450. So uh, just did that one, uh, yeah, one quick uh, East Coast on the on the 250, and then uh, you know which I was super happy with. I wanted to get on the the bigger bike, anyways. Yep. Like I said, I just uh, you know a couple years prior done all the four stroke nationals on the big Yamaha 450. So you know I, I felt comfortable and you know feel like I could you know make an impact, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. come outdoors on that bike. Yeah, some really good results, solid results. Uh, uh, was Lewis on the team then? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so, he was uh, on it. Uh, so that that year for outdoors, it was me, Lewis, Ferry, and uh, Juice Lansu. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the Red Dog and Juice. Uh, let's let's start with Kyle. How'd you get along with him? We got along good. Um, obviously, in, in Supercross, we got along good because we weren't. You know, yeah. I was in the lights. He was a four fifty. So you know how Kyle is. You know. Uh, you know, you feel like you almost like a little competition. Yeah, no. You know, I, and he had I, been on the team for so long. Yeah. And there a couple years before me and uh, Timmy came, you know, he was obviously, uh, you know, the, the top dog on the team. You know, he was, you know, still in his in his prime somewhat, you know, whole shot and all the super crosses and that type of thing. So, uh, you know, I think there was, uh, you know, that was good. Um, me and him got along good, though. Uh, it was funny, the outdoors, though, you could kind of see it a little bit. Like, we went to Hangtown was the first race that year. Mm-hmm. Little Muddy that day or whatever, I went like, I think I went 12-12, 10th overall. So he was kind of like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> you know, he didn't he didn't expect me to, I don't think, go out there and, and beat him or, you know, really be much of a threat at all. So, you know, you could tell his demeanor changed a little bit. But yeah. he was always super cool with me. I mean, even uh, – even that second year, you know, I'd go up there and stay at, stay at his house for a couple of weeks, and we'd go road biking and stuff up there in the hills and, and uh, whatnot. So, yeah, we had a good relationship. Oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah, he I, I saw that, too, when I worked for Nick at Triple X in 02. He, yeah, it got a little competitive, right? He wasn't stoked on not being the top guy on the team, that's for sure. And uh, it wasn't anything crazy like, no, we, no. you know, cussing each other out, but you could definitely feel, you know, a, a little bit of friction there right. for sure. Um, and Red Dog himself obviously came in. I worked for him in 05, so you know he was already scarred, Summy, coming over to Triple X. <laughs> but uh, his wrist wasn't very good. He got it fixed. He crashed out of the first Supercross for Triple X, didn't make the main, but then slowly got better. He, he got his wrist fixed again. He had a hematoma 
before the Nationals. Remember that? Practicing in Glen Helen. He got a massive hematoma mm-hmm. in his leg. And then, yeah, oh, yeah, he started clicking it off about halfway through the Nationals. Like, really started riding well, and he got him got himself back on Factory Cowie. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was – he was he was solid for sure, and you know he did all his stuff, you know, kind of like I did, you know, and, and we'd see each other on the weekends. So we yep. didn't have a lot of communication, but you know we yep. definitely, uh, you know, we we bonded good there. You know, he Timmy's a quiet guy, and you know if if I don't really know you or whatnot, I'm not going to be one to really go out of my way to sit yep. there and talk your head off. So we kind of yep. got along good in that aspect of it. Good team though, you Red Dog and then Lewis Outdoors. That's 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 solid for sure. Really good, really good team. Like like you said, the bikes were super solid. I mean, extremely fast, and uh, you know, and even uh, Lansu, you know, he was, uh, he, you know, he was strong outdoors for sure. So yeah, I can- it, was, it was a good team. I came into your truck one time, and Lansu was like punching himself in the head, calling himself an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, I, he was a was unique guy, wasn't sure. he? He was. He was. Dude, he was massive. <laughs> he was so strong and like big. Right, well, he was like yeah, that. Joker was huge. Yeah, he, dude. He was, where was he? Where was he from? Oh, Estonia. 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 Yeah. Well, they say that the juice is loose. Right. You must have been at times, Josh. You were probably like, "What is up with this guy?" Because yeah, he was very aggressive about everything. Very aggressive. He was. He was. Like you said, he just yelled at himself. I yeah. mean, he did, you know, do all kind of crazy stuff there. But yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good uh, good summer. Like I said, that yeah. that was awesome for me too. You know, growing up as a kid, you know, going to the nationals and stuff and watching the guys is like, oh man, it was always so cool. Cause back then, you know, we, we did the the Saturday practice, mm-hmm. the Sunday morning qualifiers. If you weren't in the top ten in points, man, and I remember it was so cool because it went Hangtown and then straight to Mount Morris that year. And Mount Morris was the closest national for me, so. You know, I got to roll straight into the motos with with Ricky and Reed and you know all the guys. You know, and not have to mess with the morning qualifier stuff. So yeah. that was that was super cool for me to to yep. be able to do that so early on. You know, I just thought you know it was something you always saw. You know, yeah. type thing. So to be able to to do that was was cool and pretty much carry that on throughout the the year there. You uh, you were really good late in races. You and I, even being diabetic, you still were strong in motos. Were you like a closet trainer, Summy? Were you like uh did, off the bike, did you do a lot of work? I think so. I, I, I cycled a ton. I didn't do a whole lot of running, but uh, mm-hmm. cycled a ton, and, and I swam a whole lot. My dad got me into swimming, you know, just from him doing a lot of triathlons and stuff after he quit racing. Yep. So I would swim a ton. And then uh, just because we didn't really have a, a moto track here on the property, you know, I'd have to drive a little bit. But I would uh, – I would just hammer motos out. We had like a like a fast woods loop, so I would just I'd get on that thing out here in in the uh, you know heat and humidity and yep. just hammer out you know long motos you know on that just you know on the roughness. So I feel like almost when I got to the the races, you know, like you said, you know, I mean, I felt like I was in shape, and you know that was kind of the easy part of the week for me was come the weekend. Yeah, really, right? I always was always always like, look at here comes Summy. Like it's twenty minutes in and. You're kind of the same speed as you were picking off dudes, you know. So yeah, it was. Oh yeah, I always, yeah. I always felt like you were pretty strong that way. Um, I did. Yeah, I put a, I put a lot of work in into it, you know, on and off the bike, and then uh, you know things just kept progressing when I got you know with with Gibbs and their program and stuff too. But yeah, I, I would say so definitely. You know, I knew I had to kind of you know maybe not on the, the same uh, level of equipment and you know talent wise. So I tried to you know, kind of make up for it in that aspect. Like you hear JT say, you know, at the tail end of the motos, you know, you pick off five, six guys that were just dropped anchor, you know, type thing there. Yeah, that's totally true. JT, used to, he was he lived on that. He's 19th for 20 minutes. And the next thing you know, he's 12th at the end of the moto. Exactly. You know? exactly. Um, and so JGR comes in and uh, a first-year team, they switch to Yamaha, you're number 24. Now, obviously – you being the local kid definitely helped you out for getting the ride. But then again, you were 24, you were riding really well. How much of it was, hey, we want to get Summy because he's from the area, and how much of it was, you know, you, you're you a great rider, we want to get you on the bike? Like a little bit of both, I think, right? I think, it, like you said, it, it was a little bit of both. Um, you know, I'd, I'd gone up there and, and sat down with Coy a few times, and uh, David Evans, which I think was kind of doing some of their team deals and yep. whatnot, but uh, and just talk with those guys and and you know try to really, you know, 
you know, sell them on that. And, and shoot, even Coy and, and David, they had even come out to the track a couple times, you know, and I was just out there practicing on my own and, and kind of watched me. And like you said, you know, I was having some good results, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the tail ends of the Nationals that year and, and whatnot. So I, I think it was helpful, you know, in, in both aspects. And like I said, I mean, I only lived, you know, 10 or 15 minutes from the shop and all that stuff. I knew the area, yep. you know, and, and kind of had a, a good grasp on, uh, you know, the way the, the whole process was going to run and work there. So I think that did help that, you know, uh, the deal kind of happened a little bit smoother versus, you know, somebody that was going to have to move from way off or, you know, that type of thing, or maybe be a little difficult to, to maybe work with that had come from something different or, you know, whatever yep. the case may have been. And I remember that Jay bone told me we want, we want to hire a couple of guys that, you know, weren't huge dollars. They weren't superstars. We want to, it's our first year. We want to get things rolling. We want to get some solid guys. And then they went with Hanny, for which we'll get into. But but that's what they their their thinking was: just get some top tens, build on it, you know, and then go after you know James Stewart or, or whoever they did. But um, no, I remember Alan being bummed that you left, and I remember me telling Alan, Alan, it's Joe Gibbs Racing from North Carolina. Like, what what do you want the dude to do? Uh, did, do you remember Alan, you know, being upset with you or whatever? And I, which to me, I don't think he liked me saying it was a no brainer for you to take the JGR ride. But yeah, I think he. Was, yeah, he uh, may have not like that, but uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Me and Alan were super, super close. Yeah, you know, and I, oh, I know you talked to Alan a yep. lot. You know, yep. he's he's a he's a great dude. So it was. I remember exactly where I was at. You know, we were in the hotel uh, up at Washougal after the race, and I sat him down out in the lobby, and me and him talked, and just told him, you know, that was the direction. You know, I was yeah. in kind of go in for the next year and it and it wasn't i mean obviously you know how alan is he's real mild mannered too you know it wasn't like he was cussing and screaming going crazy but you could just see it you know he was super bummed and and it was tough but like you said you know i'm I'm 15 minutes down the road you know you know getting a getting an opportunity you know you hated to pass that up with with all the guys that were in place that have got to work with you know such great people over the years prior to him coming to north carolina you know get on that equipment and you know i was hoping to you know even take it to the next level and you know you know continue that mm-hmm. so it, it was tough you know like i said but i mean man i i got nothing nothing but good things to say and, and memories from alan there type thing but like you said that was a yeah it was a it was definitely a tough decision and, and you know something that i you know i just couldn't see passing up for sure it was probably more money it was you know more expenses paid all of that stuff you had to do it you just had to well yeah uh, yeah yeah alan you know alan didn't pay but you know as good as i do with with jordan and 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 all the guys there uh you know at triple x i mean it's not like they're gonna you know, pay you some crazy salary no. and this and that, but you know, you kind of know what you're, you're able to get offered. You know, going into that type thing, but yeah, it, it was all of that. You yep. know, type decision to, to now, put me in that direction. First couple years of of JGR, Coy was, you know, Coy comes from a football background and very much team oriented, and he wanted everybody to train at JGR with the trainer. You know, do their own things. A lot of guys didn't like that. The, their trainer they had, I forget his name, but he was big on big on building strength. Uh, did you like all that program, the initial JGR, like this is the way we're going to do it? Were you okay with all that? Uh, yeah, that guy's name was Tim Gerhardt. That's it, yeah, Trainer Tim. Had a fo- right. right, Trainer Tim. Trainer Tim. I think he also had some type of football background or something <laughs> yeah. up around the Washington, D.C. area or something. So yeah. that was kind of the connection with him and Coy, I believe. Um, he w- I think he was kind of, you know, he was super green. I mean, he didn't know anything about yeah, dirt bikes. Yeah. Or, I mean, shoot, even when we go on, like, uh, road bike rides and stuff around here, I mean, you know, he had never really done anything like that. So he was super green. You know, his, I think his position was more so like the, the weight side of things. Yep. And, you know, that definitely had to be backed out because, you know, at times it was like, <laughs> man, you know, we're in here training to race a dirt bike, not go you know, get linebackers on the football field. <laughs> I heard, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know, that, that, that was a little crazy for sure. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm a bigger guy anyways. I mean, I think like at my, my leanest, like especially on a 450, I was, I don't know, maybe 170, 175. So, yep. you know, I, I didn't really have a problem, you know, doing the weight training stuff. We just had to kind of scale it back a little bit. But then obviously, you know, I think it was like, holy cow, with somebody like Hanson, it was like, you know, 140 pounds, you know, type thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, Hanny was not having it. Not not having it. <laughs> um, I know they hit an hour meter in his bike, like in the airbox or something. <laughs> they got his bike back. There was like no, it was like an hour on it in three weeks or something. Um, Hanny's a great dude, funny as hell. Uh, but how how was it being teammates with that? I guess in a sense, some it was good because it took the heat off you. It did, and it was so. Uh, you know, I'm just old redneck boy from the south, and, right. you know. Uh, and then him coming, you know, with uh, with the house on the lake and the cars <laughs> being cars being dropped off, you know, from California and all this and you know type thing. It was like. Uh, holy cow you know this this guy but yeah man, we we became really close still talk quite a bit now mm-hmm. and uh like you said man just funny as hell i mean yeah whether it was at the race in the gym at the practice track i mean you were always laughing your ass off at something he was doing or getting into <laughs> not a good year though not good results at all they were very frustrated with him <laughs> it, i mean it's crazy just like anything with with hansen you know i mean it, you know light and fast in practice yeah you know good heat race you know he, he he most of the time get a better start than me but like you said around you know 12 13 laps you know you could see him starting to come back to you type thing so yeah. i could kind of normally make up for it there but yeah i don't it definitely definitely didn't uh didn't go good for uh either party there you were like hey dad should i buy cars like handy and get a house on the lake no son no you should not you should put that money in the bank <laughs> exactly exactly uh how was it yeah. i love Corey gibbs we uh, we still laugh about him me and wygant and still in a group text with him that he never responds to except for once in a while uh he's a hell of a dude so funny really i love Corey gibbs uh, great guy yeah he really is um i went to muddy creek the first year they had that national you know it's yep. like I was still riding for the team, you know, as soon as he saw me, oh, son, I mean, come up the, you know, and BSing yep. with all the guys and yeah. stuff in the semi. But he, he was good. I think, uh, you know, obviously, would he like to see me do better? Of course. You know, you always want to do better if you're not winning. Yep. But, you know, I think he always appreciated it because, like I told you from early on when I went up there, almost like you hear guys say they go to Peyton's shop. You know, yep. I would go up to the JGR, you know, just get in there, talk with him, you know, just try to really make myself present to him. And, you know, I think he saw how much hard work I put in Mm -hmm. when I didn't have somebody sitting there telling me I needed to do it, you need to do this, you need to do that, you know. So I feel like he always appreciated that, and I even, you know, was able to apply that when I rode for them and and just continue that. So, you know, I think he always, you know, appreciated that. And and we had a a good relationship, you know, for sure. He, he, He is a great guy. Did you ever fly on the coach's jet? Nah, no, nah, I never, never did. did. Oh. No, nah, never did. Damn. Oh, really, really got the short end of the stick there, Summy. <laughs> I know. I never did. Uh, Josh Summy on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Please check out the folks at Fly Racing if you can. Get it at motorsport.com if you want. And as well, thanks to the motorsport guys for coming on board. Uh, OEM and aftermarket parts. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com and, and help us out. Get a get an OEM part. Get an aftermarket part. Free shipping over 79 bucks. They got a really cool uh, deal going for the Nationals on Instagram. Go to Motorsport's Instagram page to see how you can win some tires and gear uh, for whole shot challenges. And thanks to the folks at Coldwell Links, too. If you're a shorter stature person, they make lowering suspension links from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. The code PulpMX gets you free shipping as well as the savings. Coldwelllinks.com. You can get it at Motorsport as well. Uh, get your bike working better. Feel a little better uh, in the turns. Get your suspension a little more plush with Cobolinks.com. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. And, of course, Rental and Maxis as well, also on board. Now, we talked about uh, your 2009 season summy, but so that meant one and done at JGR. Were you getting a hint of they were going to bring you back? Uh, did you kind of feel like you were out early? Or I mean, I think you had a good year for them, uh, not, not a crazy good year, but a solid year for them, or were they looking to, to move in a new direction early? I don't feel like early on I kind of maybe I would say towards the tail end of the Nationals kind of, you know, they didn't come directly. But it seemed like more the time like uh, we, we did the X Games that year when they oh, had yeah. that Supercross. Yeah. And uh, so kind of a couple weeks before that, I think there was a break, obviously, after the Nationals before we jumped into that race. But, uh, you know, J-Bone kind of in a, in a roundabout way just said, hey, you may want to look around, you know, type thing. I don't want you to be dead set on this and, you know, 
fall through and not really have anything. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I was bummed on that. I mean, obviously, I know, like you said, their their goal was to steadily improve each year. But uh, I wish I could have had a, you know, looking back on it for sure, had a, had a second year because, you know, I had a, a, a lot of top tens and uh, Supercross and, and outdoors and, you know, Enid yep. even ended up uh, – fifth that year at Redbud, so yeah. that was kind of a highlight, you know, overall there uh, for us, but uh, yeah, yeah, pushing on, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, having a second year would have been would have been cool, you know, and keep on improving and whatnot, you know, so it was kind of a bummer, and uh, to answer your question there, more so the tail end of the Nationals, you know, type thing, just kind of started hearing some rumblings, or, you know, they were, you could see they were actively seeking, you know, you sit in the semi and Tons of different riders and agents yeah. and whatnot just coming in and out, <laughs> in and out. You know that that type right. of thing. So yeah. you know it's not like you could sit there and be clueless and not really it, grasp. You know, kind of what's going on there. They let Haney go early. Was that the year they picked up Grasick? Was that the year? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he. If I remember correctly, though, Grasick didn't do any Supercross. No, just national or nothing like that. Yeah. Did some national stuff. So, but yeah, he he was uh, he was outdoors with us. We always, I think, right from the get go there. You know why you lost your ride because Cody Cooper pressed James Stewart at Unadilla in the mud, and J Bone had to have Cody Cooper that next year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think though, uh, I think maybe come lining up to Anaheim one though they they uh, forgot about I, that. I uh, think that they did. <laughs> yeah, I think they did. We still bug J Bone to this day. We're like, dude, I get it. Like he pushed, he pushed James in the mud at Unadilla. I get it. Great ride. Yeah. But what about every other race? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, which he was riding good in the Nationals that year. You know, I remember, I think, 902 or something on a Suzuki. Yep. But, you know, I'm just like, gosh, I mean, you know, there's no way this guy's going to, I mean, you know, I don't even think he even even ridden any Supercross, you know. No, no. That was kind of a little bit confusing, but, you know, things is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Josh, tell me on the Fly Racing Racerx podcast, were you able to, and we talked about your KTM disasters here, were you able to put some money away at the end of all of this? Like when you decided, hey, like nobody's going to hire me for what I want. I mean, you had to, I, I, you had to have some offers for 2010. I'm guessing they just weren't very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I was at that point where, you know, I never really got paid a, a crazy salary right? by any means. Cause like you said, I mean, I was, you know, consistent top 10 guy, you know, and, and those two years at triple X, they were a team that didn't have, you know, the capabilities of paying a big salary. So, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't really afford to do it on my own or, you know, afford to almost go back to a team and, and you know, almost, yeah. you know, ride, ride for nothing or, you know, type thing. But, um, yeah, that was that was kind of, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, after Freestone, kind of the end of it. And, and everything was still in such a recession, you know. Mm-hmm. I uh, I got a, a, a decent salary from MDK, but going back to Kyle Lewis, he had actually helped me, you know, do a – I was able to do like a, a boot, you know, the clothing stuff for uh, KTM that year. So he kind of helped, you know, line up like O'Neill and, and some of the stuff like CD boots and stuff. Yep. So I was able to make, you know, a little bit, but like uh, – funny with that too like how Dubok was telling you on on your show there a couple weeks ago you know and O'Neill had it in mind and I'm sure probably fairies and stuff too you know if you're hurt yeah and missing a race or two you know you're not going to get a check from O'Neill either you know type thing and, yeah. and unfortunately that's what happened with me got hurt at Atlanta Supercross you know Stuff, stuff stopped coming there. But, uh. <laughs> That's what Red Dog said. He'd never been docked before for any injury clause until he, <laughs> until he signed with O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't. I never had the chance to, to do anything like that until that year. So yeah. it was new to me. But, yeah, it, it was in there, and they, they definitely uh, exercised it, which is understandable, you know. How long after MDK did you go before you said, like, hey, I guess I got to get a job? I guess I got to work. Like, how long? How long did you kind of – float around for uh it wasn't it wasn't long at all no um like i said i I had that one bike still i hit up some uh you know a couple money races here and there but it it probably wasn't i mean it wasn't definitely a year i'd say maybe six months at the most oh, okay. thing, and, you yep. know yep. just realized that i mean nobody was calling you know even asking if i wanted to come you know just ride and you know yeah, they yeah. will cover you expenses type thing so yeah it was uh it was it was set right there in front of me. We had to had to get to work there to uh find income elsewhere. Yeah. So it was pretty you, early on, I'd say maybe six months tops. Yeah. You know, part of that is your own fault, Sami, but I mean you are who you are as a character. 
And as a person, you mentioned it earlier, you're not one to go up and talk to these teams or talk to these managers. You uh, had a bald head. You had a goatee. You were quiet. Uh, I knew you well from Allen and the team, and you're a hilarious guy, and you're, you're a super nice dude. Uh, and all of that, you're very respectful. Everything that, you know, you're a great guy. But I, I know from other people in the industry that are just like, I've never talked to Josh Summy or, or you know, th- back then. They just, yeah, you, you weren't selling yourself, and that's just not who you are, right? But I definitely, it didn't help you when it comes to, to finding a ride, that's for sure, you know? No, it didn't. And, yep. and looking back, I mean, that was even in the amateur stuff. My dad was never one, you know, when we yeah, were riding yeah. 80s and 125s and all, chasing all those amateur uh, races and, mm-hmm. and championship stuff. You know, we just kind of showed up, did our own thing, and went home, you know, and it, yeah, it, yeah. for sure that hurt me. But I just, you know, it was it was hard for me to go out and do that because that's just not the way I was raised and yep. that's not the person I am. So, you know, I wasn't going to sit there and, you know, go blow smoke up somebody's ass, you know, <laughs> type thing. You know, just, yeah. just uh, you know, Cut and dry, just wasn't me, and it did it hurt me. Uh, I'm sure it did, yeah. you know, type thing. But you know, it's yeah. what it is. Like, no, for sure, absolutely. Uh, hey, you had Sipkovic for a while. He put you in a house with J Law for a while. What? How was that? That was crazy. It, like you said, it was J Law. I think Mills, Ron Mills, was in there, and uh, shoot, whoever else just yeah. came through the door, and yeah. and that was kind of. That was kind of how, you know, I was basically told Sepkovic, I was like, man, these these guys here, I mean, there's no way. I mean, just wide open all the time. And that's kind of where I was able to, you know, Alan was like, hey, man, just, you know, I got an extra bedroom yeah. downstairs. Yeah. You know, just come on over here. That way we can stay focused to a certain extent, you know, and, and kind of make the best of it. But <laughs> that was crazy. And uh, another buddy of mine from, from – uh, back east here, Willie Browning, that yep. was up in Ohio. He was out there at the same time doing some Supercross stuff. So uh-huh. I was kind of bouncing around, you know, staying with him and riding and stuff too. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a wild uh, couple weeks there in that house. <laughs> I, I heard. And then, yeah, I heard at some point you're like, I got to get out of here. This is not – this is no way to to, to have a career. <laughs> this is not- and that was going into Lawrence's first year in, I think, like West Coast Supercross, you know, type thing. So yep. it, was, it was just wild all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. And, and why would you get Sipkovic as an agent? Or how would that work out for you or, or whatever? I know he helped with the uh, Unbound yeah, Energy just, thing for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he helped with that, and they, uh, like you said, Unbound was a, a sponsor that first year, like AMPM gas station stuff. So I think he kind of helped with that, and mm-hmm. he was just trying to help me, uh, you know, find something there. But it was more so just kind of like, you know, I'll do this to you as a favor. Obviously, going to Triple X or coming off the team Samsung, it wasn't like I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, like, oh, here, you know, here you go. So it was more so like he was just trying to do me a favor if he could, type of thing. Right. Did you, are you happy with that? Was that did it work out? Like were you did he treat you all right and do you right or Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was I mean it was short lived, you yeah. know. He he kind of I guess opened the door up, you know, and introduced me to Al and his, you know, type thing. So mm-hmm. in that aspect it did work out. But once I got on there, obviously he knew what I was making. It wasn't like I was making crazy bonuses, you know, type thing. So nope. you know, was, he kind of went on and did his thing and then you know I just carried on with the Really uh, should have bought some uh, some Hanson stock, Summy. You really should have really should have <laughs> put know, some money into you, that. I heard you talking about that. Yep. Yeah, we all should have. Yeah. We all should have. Exactly. Um, uh, hey, you married? The kids? Yep. Yep. I've been married. Uh, it'll be ten years in nice. September. Me and my wife, and uh, I've got a little girl. She actually will be uh, six years old next weekend. Oh, awesome! That's great to hear. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Um. Any regrets from your racing career? Um, you know, we talked about you not being, you know, more, more uh, uh, outgoing personality-wise, maybe. But anything else? Any other regrets? Or yeah, I would say with that. And then uh, I'll be honest with you. Even though uh, you know, obviously coming off of Gibbs and and you want to, you know, keep, keep getting a salary and keep improving results mm-hmm. and bikes and stuff. But looking back on it, I almost wish you know instead of going the KTM route, you know, I could have went back to somebody like Allen and you know at least been on some good solid equipment, you know, and, and kept my name relevant instead of you know kind of dealing with the ups and downs of what was going on on the 450 side with that team. Yeah. So yep. that was a you know a little bit of a regret, and you know like I said, I feel like if uh, you know the just the way the economy and stuff was, you know, I I wish I could have kept on, you know, a decent program and not not just have to of uh 
you know, kind of faded off like I did. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, you know, you're not going to go out myself. I knew I wasn't going to, you know, win championships or races right. or whatever, you know, it'd, been a, it'd still been nice to at least complete a, uh, you know, a full year the next year and, and yeah. you know, kind of see where things went or maybe transition into something different. But I would say that was the, you know, just, just the outgoingness right. and then, uh, you know, just maybe, maybe not going that route. Yeah. You know, the the year after, you know, maybe taking a step back to some, some, some lesser money or this and that, and, and but being on, you know, some solid uh, equipment or whatnot. Uh, top five overall at Redbud, like you said, a lot of top tens when you look at your name in the in the in the vault. Um, happy with everything you did racing motocross, like. Like, I feel like you had a great career. Like, obviously, you'd love to make more money and you'd love to have a longer career, all of that. But if I'm sitting there, you know, from an outside looker's in, I think I'm, I think I'm happy. But how do you feel? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. You know, like watching the races with my dad on the weekends, whether it be Supercross or outdoors. And, you know, just the fact that you knew at one point, you know, we were out there and, and racing at the highest level and, you know, that's, that's a cool feeling, though, you got the experience yeah. and, and be a part of stuff like that, you know, even though um way removed as far as, you know, as far as years from racing type thing. But, you know, even even that first year in the 450 class, you know, looking back, you know, everybody that finished ahead of me, you know, besides uh, Timmy that year, you know, everybody was on factory equipment, you know, uh-huh. to yeah. be out there on Triple X and to be able to be in the mix of that stuff, you know, it's just cool to – to say you've been a been a part of that and and like I said on on a high level like that yeah I mean exactly right tenth overall in in outdoors in a four fifty class that's gnarly it's great it's it's a, it's a really really good finish something to be proud of and same with fifth overall at a race you know all of that and um and again as a privateer basically so um, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely I'm super happy and and a lot of the stuff with with the team stuff what was the success but but uh you know even even back when we were doing it out of the van and stuff you know just a, a quick story i remember i was going to uh supercrosses in my van and my mechanic at the time was josh whitmire that works for Prelly tires oh now. yeah yeah i didn't know that and okay, uh, yeah yeah i remember you know at pontiac that year we were still in the silver dome and uh that was uh, what was that 2003 mm-hmm. and you know i remember before the main event my bike was just leaned up against the van out there just snow just covered it <laughs> you know and that yeah. was the year jessamine Jessamine won the title with Suzuki, but, you know, we ended up, you know, getting seventh in that main event, you know, just as a, you know, snow-covered bike, you know, sitting in the diesel van trying to keep your hands warm, just teeth chattering and rolling down, and just being able to do stuff like that, you know, just the amount of work that goes into it and the effort from the rider and stuff, you know, it's just just neat to look back on it, you know, and that's what, uh, you know, times like that you really feel proud of you know before you had all the help and assistance like yeah like i did later on there yeah i agree like in 99 i worked for red dog and he was a top privateer and i remember in minneapolis we had a propane heater in the back of the box fan and we were eating top ramen you know in between practices <laughs> it was so cold and like he got yeah whatever top, top privateer that year and you, you know, we're jetting it we're working on a suspension some of that is more rewarding than the times when you know he got on the podium as a factory rider you know, you just, exactly. yeah, you're like, you look back at that. You're like, I can't believe we, we competed against these guys, you know? Um, and how, and how's, how's the health, man? You never really had any big injuries. Uh, how's your body after all this motocross stuff? You good? Yeah. Yeah. yeah knock on wood. It's good. I had, um, I never had any huge injuries right. whenever I was, you know, racing professional. I did have a, a, a broke a femur at the world mini one year on a, you know, like super mini stuff, but you know, just a couple of small, like little shoulder stuff. And, you know, like I said that last year, my broke my hand in, in Atlanta there, but uh, yeah, I was, I was fortunate. So yeah, I'm in, I'm in good health as far as all that goes. Like I said, still, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a roller coaster with the, the diabetes stuff, which I think anybody will kind of tell you that, is yeah. just, you know, unfortunately the way things go, but overall, yeah. Yeah, health is good. Nice. Do you have a favorite race of all time, Summy? Do you have a favorite one? Uh, I don't know that. Uh, like I said, that that race at, at Hangtown was neat because yep. that was my first 450 race. To leave out of there with a tenth overall was just like you know I was almost like holy shit, you know. <laughs> knowing you get to go straight into the motos the right. next week, the next week, and right? Then, yeah. Uh, yeah. That that day at Redbud, I mean, I didn't go like three five for fifth overall or even five five but i mean right. just just to be up there you know knowing who you're on the track racing with and yeah. being able to be up there in the mix of things you know 
that was uh that was neat and then uh there was uh I figured one you might. Racer. I figured you might have some arena cross story where where you beat Nice and Chester for the first time or something. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were always always battling with that stuff. Oh, uh, I bet. You know those those local guys there. And oh, stuff. But then I, as far as the light stuff, I think it. You know, I got the fifth in Houston one year, and I remember. I can't remember who KTM had one of the foreign riders, but we actually crashed in the last turn together, and somebody went by. But you know, just almost snagging a podium there at, at uh, that, uh, yeah. that Houston round in 05. You know, just stuff like that. It's almost like you can still relive and, yeah. and remember the moment type thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah th- there's some definitely uh, some, some bar banging arena crosses around this area. Uh, you uh, know, in the in the off season for sure. I bet. That's, yeah, it was. It was, and you, those guys would kill you for the extra twenty five dollars for the position. Too. Oh my gosh! Like you said, <laughs> Nice and Chester, and oh, man, I'm telling you, there's there's a, a ton of guys that uh, pop up. What about uh, is it, is it two before your time, uh, Robbie Horton, or was that was that before your time? No, no, no? It, it's crazy. That Joker still races. I man. heard he still races these uh, <laughs> arena crosses around here that uh, Sam Gammon puts on. Yeah, and. Uh, no, but but not at all, man. I remember me and my dad talk about that often of uh, Robbie, and a lot of people don't know. I'm not get off on a, a long drawn out story no, go here. Ahead. But yeah. He had a he had a brother, man. His name was Richie Horton, and, okay. and that dude was he was unbelievable. You probably never saw no. him race. He ended up getting no. hurt at at Gatorback uh, in this in this kind of ending his career, man. But I remember uh, Carmichael would come down to uh, Camp Coker and Muddy Creek uh-huh. and. A bunch of areas, and, and Richie, man, he just put it to him. Really? He put it. He put it to I, Carmichael. I, I can't see you ever ask about ask Carmichael. Or, I will. Or anybody that knows, you know, coming down to Camp Coker and and trying to race Richie Horton, and you know, that Joker. Uh, like I said, he was he was unbelievably fast. I, I had you know? no idea. No, I, I saw the Reverend Robbie Horton uh, Phil race them or something. <laughs> Phil, exactly. Phil went to one of those exactly. barn crosses, and and the Reverend was yeah. there, and I'm like, "Are you serious?" Oh yeah, it was up here in uh, an Asheville uh, arena cross. Like I said, I remember, I remember seeing Phil race that one, and like I said, Horton, Horton was uh, oh he's dude still doing it, amazing, good for him, still, cr- still but, crushing. No, he, it. Uh, he actually rode for a, a guy that that helped me out pretty early on too, and I was a privateer too, Steve Litz. Oh yeah, like yep. a local pro action guy yep. around like Muddy Creek. He's right there around Muddy Creek, and yeah. man, I remember when he had that team that year, that Dixie Stampede team with Horton and Matt Walker. You know they yep. were they yep. were uh, kind of making a name for themselves and stuff. And that was you know? Al Al Albiker, uh, who just passed away. He was the manager of that thing, I think. Right? Wasn't he? Um, I believe he may have had. I know he definitely had some type of yeah. involvement. I'm not sure his actual you, position, but yeah. You know who was uh, stoked we did this pod it was uh, Zach Osborne. I was on a group text with him, and I said I'm calling Summy today for the pod, and Osborne was like, "That dude was rad." So Zach Osborne, still, still a fan of oh, Josh yeah. Summy. <laughs> yeah, he's. I remember going to ride at his track up there in the mud and stuff. I'd stay with Brown that year. He won the title that Brown did, and. uh We'd go over and ride at Zach's and stuff in the mud, and ride at Supercross track and stuff like that. So you up there in Abington, so we'd we'd ride up there. Quite you stayed with Mike Brown, so would he just disappear for days, or was that not? <laughs> no, so- when I was able to get up, get him on the telephone there and and contact you, you know, he'd shoot me his address, say, "Yeah, come on up and stay." But no, while I was there, he was. He was okay. he was present and right there. Okay, yeah, because there's a lot of story. If you could, if you could oh, get yeah. a hold of Mike Brown, if Mike Brown would be able to be found, he would be great. But it was hard to find Mike Brown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he was hard to get in touch with there sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I went up there and, and and stay with him that summer. Like I said, when he yeah. uh, oh, I didn't know he won that the title that year. Yeah, he was crushing it, man. And then he was down at Carmichael's for a little bit too that year as well. And like, yeah, apparently just going through parts, like just riding so much. That Mitch Mitch had to send them like bikes and bikes and bikes apparently. Oh yeah, yeah, Joker was animal for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, man, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, Josh. I'm glad you're well. As I've always told people, like low key, one of the funniest riders. You had such a dry sense of humor. You really made me laugh a lot in the truck over the years. Uh, uh, you were really a funny guy and, and a nice career on the track, man. Thank you for taking the time to do this podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, Steve. I appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, buddy. Keep in touch, man. Okay. Sounds good. Will do.
This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners. Don't change the air. Don't change the air.